because of you we are. It's changed by the word of God. We should learn. It took me a while to learn. Uh, if there's going to be a change from a person being lost to save, it's got to be through the Word of God. If we're going to grow in grace and, and knowledge, we must uh, be with the Word of God. So we've chose some in Psalms 119. It's not a text verse, but we've selected uh, several verses uh, to build a foundation upon uh, some general principles concerning the word of God. But first of all, let's look at Isaiah 55 and verse 8. God's thoughts are not our thoughts. That's a small verse, but how important that verse is. God said, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither your ways my way, said the Lord. Now, when you think about that verse, uh, no matter how good our ways may be or how good we may think they are, if it came from our thought process, it probably will not be helpful. Turn over a few pages to Isaiah, well, in the, the same chapter, Isaiah 55, verse 11. God said, So shall my word be that go forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. Uh, anytime I read that verse, I usually read it a few times because there's such a great truth in that verse. You know, when we think about what God is saying, so shall my word. Didn't say my opinion or what I think or what somebody else thinks. So shall my word be that go forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void. What a verse that would encourage us to pray. God may not answer today. He may not answer tomorrow. He may not answer the way we want but he'll answer. And when that answer comes back, we will be much better off. But he said, come forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void. So we know that when we believe and practice and depend on God's word, although we may not understand at the time, it shall accomplish that which I please, God said. And it shall prosper in the things whereunto I sent it. God breathed every word in this Bible and Isaiah 55 verse 11 was part of it. God's warnings are absolute. 
you know, when God tells us something, it is absolutely going to happen the way that God says it. And we may say, well, I don't know what's going to happen. Well, it could be, you know, I don't know in each individual case. But Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7, God says here, Ye did run well. Excuse me, I'm reading on chapter 5. I need to be in chapter 6, Galatians chapter 6 and verse 7. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Now, we know about sowing. We throw out a few seeds, and when those seeds come up, it produces much more than the seeds. We, it's the same way in life. It's the very same way in life. So God said, be not deceived. God is not mocked for whatsoever man soweth. You sow of good seed, you're going to reap good seed. You sow seed that is against the word of God, you will reap that. But much more. And the reason that is so important is people say, well, you know, there's a lot worse people than me. There's a lot worse people. You know, we, we try to justify it in our mind, and then when someone is talking to us or reading the word to us, we sometimes say, but. No but. God said, be not deceived. God is not mocked. You sow bad seed, you're going to reap a bad crop. It's that simple. And the only thing that can change us is not New Year's the resolutions. I think I haven't said it, I don't know how many years ago, but I make a list. It is, it's a challenge to, to me. Matter of fact, I made a challenge years ago that I was going to read one chapter of Proverbs a day and one chapter of Psalms a day. And... <clears throat> I know it's been eight, nine, or ten years ago. I made that as a New Year's resolution, and I'm still doing it. Because we read it, and we see things that we hadn't seen before. And the reason is we have grown. We have grown. So changed by the Word of God, and the reason we are is because God's promises are absolute. He's absolute. I can't say that this morning that what I have promised God or what I've promised so-and-so that has been absolutely the way that I promised. But I can tell you one thing, that God's promises are exactly the way he said they would be. In 2 Corinthians, I know we have a lot of scripture, but I want you to see it in in the word, Second Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20. Notice this verse. For all the promises of God in him are yea, and in him amen, unto the glory of God by us. You know, 
when we're preaching. Every once in a while, somebody will say, Amen. That tells me that they agree with the statement I've just made. Well, God says here in 2 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 20, for all the promises of God in him are yea. If God promised, God promised if Steve will put him first, God will bless him. That's a promise. You put God first, he'll bless you. You live the life in front of your family. You may never see the results, but believe me, God said they will flourish. So God said, for all the promises of God in him are yea and in him, amen, unto the glory of God by us. Everything that we do ought to be done because I want to glorify God. We do things if we love our parents, if we love our grandparents, if we love somebody, we do things because we love them. You know, uh, I'm a type of person, always has been, the small gifts that I may receive, people expect that on your birthday or if you celebrate Christmas or but. Those wonderful gifts is, don't make it difference how small it is. Somebody was in Gatlinburg, somebody in Florida, and they thought of you. That's why it was such a shock to me uh, when particularly one of, my, uh, of the people who left, because every time him and his wife went on vacation, they would always bring me back something. You know, it was a trinket. Maybe a dollar, if you got it down in Florida, it's five dollars, you know, whatever. But they got it because they said, I seen that and I thought about you. Well, when I see a person who say, I read the word, that tells me that God thought about you and he gave you that understanding so that you would believe or have a desire to do what he said. Amen. Now, let's let's go over to the book I said we want to in Psalms one nineteen. I mean, there's a, that's just a beautiful uh, verse of chapter. You know, it's a, it's just there. And God said here in Psalms one hundred and nineteen, and look at verse twenty six. Look at verse twenty six. 119 and verse 26. God said, I have declared my ways and thou hearest me. Teach me thy statutes. Changed by the word of God. Now, when you read this verse, and you've been, you've made a New Year's resolution, or you decided one day, I'm going to do better. What God is telling us here, He said, I have declared my ways. The psalmist is reading, I have declared my ways, and thou heardst me. 
hears me. Now that I believe that God hears me. Now, I mean, it takes us a, a split second. We know that God hears, but God doesn't always hear our prayers. They're just words, you know. Uh, I've been in these dispositions, in these places where a wife was got beaten up by her husband, you know, and I was tall and I went and, and the husband said, tell her, make her understand that I love her. Man, I'm a preacher, not a miracle worker. You know, you don't go around beating up on people that you love. And because God loves me, he's not going to beat up on me. Now, with that background, David said, I have declared my ways, and thou hearest me. Teach me thy statutes. So if you hear something this morning in Sunday school or in church, and you say, this is the first time I've heard that, but I understand what the preacher is saying, I understood what the word of God. Then a good way would say, Lord, teach me to practice what I've learned this morning. If not, you say, that was a good service, and before you get out of the parking lot, it's over. You may would recall something. But see, when I teach it, you only going to retain it so long. But when God teaches you, you'll never forget it. It becomes part of you. It becomes part of you. That's why that if, if you were taught doctrine when you was first saved, that doctrine is there. You know, you know I know some of the preachers that Brother Harold said, said on, when he came over here, it wasn't the first time he heard those doctrines of grace. He had heard them and heard them. And so they become part of you. And when you hear them or when you read them, You're changed by the word of God. Now, how God's word changes us. How does he changes us? Well, let me tell you. God changes us by making the word of God real. With real. Now, how God changes us. Notice verse 7 of Psalms 119. You still there? He said, I will praise thee with uprightness of heart when I shall have learned thy righteous judgment. Now, I know people, you know people. I believe that. But if there's no change, you really didn't believe that. I mean... You believed it up here, but it did not go to the heart. You know, it's like we do, you know. But when God tells us something, you know, it dispels fears of situation. It is a declaration of God's working. 
save your place there and go back to Psalm chapter 9. Psalm chapter 9. When we look at the 11th verse, sing praises to the Lord with Gwelyb in Zion. Declare among the people his doings. You know, people say, well, you know, I'm, I'm saved, I love the Lord, but I never could tell anybody. As you grow in grace and knowledge, you will. And you may not ever tell them verbally, but they see a difference in your lifestyle. See, what I do will affect you much more than what I say. Because when you're not around me, out of, out of head, out of heart, out of mind. But if every time you see me, I'm still the same person, against the same things, for the same things. I was taught by the Word of God. There's difference between learning and being taught by the Spirit. There's a lot of lost people that will put you to shame with the Word of God. That don't mean they're saved. If what you believe doesn't change your life, you don't believe anything. You know, you memorize, you know. I go back to school. Back then, they were big on memorizing stuff. Well, I memorize it, and the next week it's gone. Because I memorized it for a purpose, for a purpose. But the Word of God, when God's Word changed you, you may deny it but you never get rid of it. It's always there. Praise is evangelism. I mean, how do we become an evangelist? By going out and trying to convince everybody that uh, they're wrong and you're right? I don't think so. You may dis- disagree, and that's, that's fine. But look at in the book of Acts, chapter 2 and verse 47. Acts chapter 2 and verse 47. God said in the 47th verse of Acts 2, Praising God and having favor with all men, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be what a change the main change that takes place when you're saved is that your praise go to him not you now somebody else may say hey I I see a total change in you since you started going to church or I see a total change since God saved you and you've been baptized and you're faithful that will be shown But it began with the word of God when God saved you and you realized you did not deserve it. Wasn't anything in me or you far as that that would cause God to save us. But God grants us life. He makes us alive. And we can't be taught the word of God until we are made alive. We can remember things There are lost people that can quote Bible, but quoting Bible is not being saved. 
It may be the evidence of of working of the Spirit of God. God saved me that Tuesday morning up on US 25, and I've said this before. I mean, I didn't know nothing about the Bible. But as I listened and applied myself, God taught me. And when you practice what he's taught you on Monday, he'll give you more on Tuesday. Now, I'm not literally talking about that. I'm I'm telling us that when I practice what he shows me, he will give me more. But if I don't practice what he's given me, I will forget more. It's whatever dominates your life. Does you, are you prominent or is Jesus Christ? And I tell you, the time in which we're living in now, I believe the Lord is coming. He's coming very soon because we don't have that nationwide. We, do, we are not that Christian nation that we started out to be. You wouldn't have the school system fighting to teach your kids whether they're male or female. You know, that is such ignorance. And if people don't start saying that more and preaching it more and teaching it more, you know, God created, God made my son a boy and God made my daughter a girl. And a teacher that can't teach that disqualifies herself. I don't care how many degrees she's got. God tells us, you know, back here in uh, Psalms 119, God tells us here in verse 19, I am a stranger in the earth. Hide not my commandments from me. You know, when I say that it drives home our earthly status, it makes decisions of our focus by determining our life's philosophy. When a person tells me that my child at five years old doesn't know whether you want to be a boy or girl, I'm talking to a lost person. That's my opinion. I will preach it, stand for it, until they take me out of the pulpit. God created Adam, and God took the rib and made Eve. That's the way it is. That's the way it started. It's the way it always has been. Changed by the word of God. So, you know, I'm not saying these people that They have not been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. And if they have, they are in a church somewhere that doesn't teach anything. None abides forever. None of us are going to live forever. So 
we prepare to die so that we can enjoy the life that we have here on earth. And preparation for death is necessary because none of us know when we're going to die. We don't know that. You know, you may say, well, you know, I understand you, Pastor, you know, with your health problems, you know, you could die any time. And I would look at Hercules and say, Hercules, you can die any time. Because God has appointed a day in which I will die. Now, if any of you know when you're going to die, you know, uh, call me 24 hours before you die and we'll try to get anything in your life straightened out. You know. But that'll never happen because you don't know when you're going to die. My neighbor asked me, how's your puppy? I said, well, but she's a lot better. Thank you. Well, you know, uh, she says, dog, yep. Why don't you, do you believe that, uh, why didn't she die? It wasn't her time. And I loved my neighbor, but a big old grin came on his face. You know, you don't really believe that, do you? Absolutely. Absolutely. God knows everything. And if he doesn't know everything, he's not God. And in Hebrews chapter 11, Hebrews chapter 11, beginning with verse 13, God said this. These all died in faith, not having received the promise, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Who's, who's God talking about here? Verse 14 says, For they that say which things declare plainly that they seek a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to have returned. But now they desire a better country that is a heavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to call their God for he hath prepared for them a city. I love verse 16, don't you? Note verse 16, Hebrews eleven sixteen. But now they desire a better country. That is a heavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God. 
he have prepared for them. Not everybody's going to heaven. I mean, this is one of many verses. I mean, you know, you can get a young concordance, a strong concordance, and look up these words, and you'll see a list of scriptures that said that heaven is a prepared place for a prepared people. And I don't see how you're going to go to heaven just because you were dipped in water. I don't see how you're going to heaven because you gave up your favorite sin. You're going to heaven because you've seen yourself lost, undone, unfit, going to hell and deserving hell. When you see total depravity, you're on your way to serving God. You've got to see yourself depraved. You've got to see yourself lost, undone, deserving hell. It brings reality into focus about planting roots. You know, back in our Psalms 119, you know, we, we see many, many things in those verses. But uh, look a minute. Psalms 119 and verse 45. God said, And I will walk in liberty, for I seek thy precepts. I will walk at liberty. For I seek thy precepts. That's when real freedom comes. I don't believe what I believe. I don't preach what I preach because that's what I believe. I preach and believe that because the Spirit of God has taught me. So what God does here. He makes it very understandable. He said, and I will walk in liberty, for I seek thy precepts. I will speak of the testimony also before kings and will not be ashamed. Don't you find it easier to talk about the Lord to somebody that's not in high prestige? They don't have a high education. They don't hold a, a degree or something. You know, the man that says supposedly about a quitter, you know, he got so much money. Would it be harder to witness to him or would it be easier to witness to him if he wasn't so rich? And wasn't so powerful. It all depends on how big your job is. You know, this is election week. You know, K 
county judge came by my house the other day. And he said, uh, we've known each other a long time. I said, no, we've known each other since I moved over here. You know. And uh, I, I said, you know, what's going to make you better judge than the one that we have? He said, because I'm going to be for the people. So he said, I'm saved. I said, praise the Lord. What are you? Well, he said, I was a Presbyterian, but I moved to the Methodist church because they have Sunday school. So you're blood-bought? He said, I've been baptized. Didn't ask you that. Judge, are you blood-bought? He said, well, I've been a, ever since I was seven, eight years old. My mom and dad, you know, I was sprinkled at seven years old. Then if you're saved, you need to have scriptural baptism, right, Judge? And he was getting a little aggravated. He said, but who do you think you are to tell me that? I'm a servant of the Lord. And let me tell you, if you never stood behind a pulpit, you never taught a Sunday school class, but you're a blood-bought child of God, God gives you the authority to do what I did to the county judge. So he left. He said, well, when I have a problem, I know who to ask to pray for me, don't I? I said, Judge, I pray for our leaders. Now I know one personally. And I didn't take it any farther, but I wanted to. You know, you can't judge fair if you're not a child of the king. But I didn't tell him that because I'm a good guy. You can only deal with people when you understand how God has dealt with you. The truth sets us free. The truth sets us free. Not joining the church, not being baptized, and if God saved you, you'll want to do all of those. Do I have to be baptized to be saved? No, but you will want to. Do I have to join a church in order to be saved? No, but you'll want to. You want to be identified. Why don't I march when they're... wants to kill babies because I don't believe that. So I'm not going out there and march with them. But if I believe in salvation by grace, that Christ built a church, it was a Baptist church, he gave the authority, he called John, John before he was ever baptized. You know, well, the only reason he's called John because he was John the Baptist and he baptized people. It's sometimes it's better to remain silent. You know, John was John long before he ever baptized anybody. But what God did say in John the 8th chapter and the 32nd verse, read it, people, underline it, mark it in your Bible. John chapter 8, verse 32. 
and he shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now let's get to context. Verse 31, then said Jesus to those Jews who was believed on him, if ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. See, there is some getting ready, you know. That's when we, you know, plan on performing a wedding. I like to talk to the, the bride and the groom. And I discuss things that they may not think about, you know, because on the wedding time they're busy worrying about the clothes and the food and the flowers and all that other stuff. But, but we need to know what God expects of us for it to start happy on your wedding day and finish when God takes you home. Well, God said, you know, when we look at this in John chapter 8, you know, verse 31, then said Jesus to those Jews was believed on him. So there was a group of Jews that had believed on him. If ye continue in my word, then are ye my disciples indeed. What if you don't continue in the word? According to Jesus, you're not his disciple. You know, and I've had people leave the building, go out in the, that pastor out on Ammon Road, don't believe if you ain't perfect, you ain't, you ain't going to heaven. I've got news for you. In Christ, I am perfect. In, in this flesh, I'm such a sinner. God was to leave me, you name it, I'd do it. The Holy Spirit lives in me, and it quenches me. See, we only do what we enjoy. God said, and he shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. The truth makes us free. We are free in the spirit of the Lord, but not free to sin. Nothing gives us the right to sin once God has saved us. So I don't care how great a sin is. You know, what we need to understand, and I'm not sure any lost person or even a saved person that, that has not been taught can understand that. You, you take a person that has murdered four or five people and a person that has told one lie. They're both going to hell if they haven't been forgiven. And people don't believe that. They don't believe that. You show it in the Bible. How many sins does it take to make you lost? One. Now, what is this all about? Well, that gets to the subject that uh, me and and the brother that was going to fill in for me the day or out there on that limb by herself. In glory, there are those who stay with Christ and there's those that go in and out. 
Now, just being in heaven is great. But I haven't had everything I wanted. Sometimes, you know, you wonder why. Then I say, well, I'm not home yet. When I get to home, when I get to heaven, every need will be fulfilled. What a blessing. But God said, as we prepare to close here, in 2 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 17, God said, Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There's liberty. Liberty is freedom. You don't have to believe, you don't have to agree with me on everything I agree with, or I believe, I preach. But you're not going to heaven if God hasn't granted you repentance and faith. You're not going to heaven if you don't believe that Christ died for you, was buried for you, and arose for you. It's not going to happen. See, these things, I don't care what the name is above the church, what you call yourself, you're not going to heaven because you're a Baptist, a Baptist, a Presbyterian, a Catholic, who do whatever. But you better get in your heart. You've got to believe the gospel. That's the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You've got to believe that he died for you, he was buried for you, and he rose for you. And if you was the only person in the entire universe that was saved, that's how you got saved. Father, we thank you for this day, and we thank you, Father, for the privilege to proclaim thy word. 